welcome to Epic Fails, Finding Redemption in Our Stories. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this show, you'll hear people from all walks of life sharing powerful stories of transformation. My hope is that as you hear stories of redemption, you'll find redemption in your own. It's the middle of December and Christmas is in full swing at my house. In fact, I'm looking at our lit Christmas tree right now and uh, drinking some coffee and just enjoying the cold weather that's finally coming through Colorado. And I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas this holiday season. Now, today, instead of sharing a story, I want to talk to a very personal space in your heart. The space that maybe has yet to find healing or freedom from a past fail. A part of you struggling to forgive yourself. Maybe you found redemption in God's grace, but struggled to feel whole healing from what you went through. My seven months of grief and pain came off the heels of a shattered relationship. Two years spent with a man I loved and thought I would marry, It wasn't the easiest breakup either because something had happened to accelerate the connection. And I've talked about this on the show a few times, but long story short, we both had given into into a temptation battle and we made the great moral failure of sex outside of marriage. We ended up separating after that to pursue healing and God in that season. And for the first time in my life, I had a hard time eating. I cried at least once every day those seven months, often multiple times a day. I questioned everything I knew, even my understanding of God. I like to say that I handled the season well, but I didn't always, to be honest. You know, at first I tried to be strong by throwing myself in prayer and scripture, and and maybe you're going to see yourself in this story. You know, I tried to be around friends, hoping to forget about the loneliness. I did all the right things, but after two months, I broke in a new way. I, I I wanted to give up and throw in the towel because it wasn't getting any easier. The pain hadn't subsided, even a fracture. So I began seeking out comfort by dating other men, although never seeing them more than twice. I became intoxicated one Saturday night in my apartment on a bottle of white wine. Original, I know. And worst of all, I shut God out. Um, You know, I kind of gave up. I didn't stop believing in him and I still loved him, but I just had tried it his way and I thought it wasn't working. So I just kind of decided I'm going to try a new route. Um, But however, after a month, I knew those things couldn't help me heal from the pain that I still felt. And I recommitted to the healing process through Christ. And that's what I want to talk about today. What did my my journey of healing look like? Because I think that that might be able to help some people pursuing that proper healing, not a bypass, not a quick fix, but a true healing in their heart. And I want to start with two verses that transformed how I saw the process, how I saw the journey. And I found great comfort in Jeremiah 30, verses 12 and 17. And I'm going to start with verse 12. For thus says the Lord, your hurt is incurable and your wound is grievous. We're going to jump to verse 17 now. For I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. I read this and I saw an incredible turn of events. How could pain and wounds be incurable in one breath and heal the next? The understanding lies in the context. Wounds cannot heal when that healing is sought in the world. It's impossible. But with God, any wound is available to healing. 
but the difference lies in the source. I saw hope in that moment for what I thought was incurable at the time and placed my trust in the God who heals. Now, dealing with the pain and brokenness face-to-face wasn't easy, but as I opened up to the Word of God and began pouring over Scripture, I learned that it's not promised to be. Few things are more challenging than recovering from a broken heart, lost dream, or a grievous situation. In the darkest storms, it seems the hope of healing is the only light that has the power to pierce through like a ray of sunshine parting the storm, the storm clouds. Now, for the Christian, we know that the hope of Christ, the hope that Christ provides, is our only way of survival. How do we weather the storm? How do we, when all seems lost, persevere till we enter into that light at the end of the tunnel? It's important to understand what scripture says about finding hope for personal healing, whether that be physical, emotional, or spiritual. Because if we aren't careful, we will pursue healing in an unhealthy or worldly way and completely bypass proper healing, which is what I had tried to do. The truth is, without God, complete healing isn't possible. It's just not. Only Christ and the Word of God have the ability to reach those broken and achy places within your soul. So today, I want to briefly talk about that journey. Now, to a woman who felt dried up on the inside, no verses brought life back into my bones more than those in Hosea 2. It's this beautiful and dramatic portrayal of Israel's journey from hardship to restoration. But it also parallels our own situations so powerfully. I'm going to read Hosea 2, verses 14 through 23. And if you're driving or if you're sitting at your desk or you're drinking coffee while your little boy naps like mine is doing right now, just close your eyes. Of course, not if you're driving, (laughs) but just take a moment and take these words in. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Acor trouble, the valley of trouble, a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my Baal. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be remembered by name no more. And I will make for them a covenant on that day with the beast of the fields, the birds of the heavens, and the creeping things on the ground. And I will abolish the bow, the sword, and war from the land, and I will make you lie down in safety. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. And in that day I will answer, declares the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil. And they shall answer Jezreel. And I will sow her for myself in the land. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. Now, beginning in verse 14, there is this wooing of Israel where God wants to bring his children close to him on a very personal level and then describes how, although we may currently be in a valley of trouble, there is a door of hope in the future. Essentially, God wants to bring you close to him and there in your valley of trouble and your pain show you there is hope before you that the trouble won't last forever. 
Further in verse 16, there is this transition between the levels of relationship. Again, noting on a more personal level, God wants you to no longer see him as just your master, but he wants you to see him as your husband. This reiterates affection towards his people. When they see a key phrase mentioned three times in two verses, uh, when he says, I will betroth you to me, he says that multiple that phrase multiple times. When a phrase or word is mentioned uh, multiple times in a short time, it's it means it's very important to understand what's being said. And what God is wanting to say right here is God wants to make sure you know the importance of his covenant and restoring love. The chapter leaves us with a confirmation by letting us know he will he will show love to us. He will show love to you, even if you feel unloved. Now to a woman who felt really lonely and unloved after a very heart-wrenching loss, nothing made me feel more comforted than those words. In your grief and, and in your grief and pain, coming face to face with the circumstances won't be easy. However, it will be worth it, and I want to help you if I can, which is why I want to talk through a blueprint to healing. So I've kind of talked about what that journey looked like, how it started for me. I want to talk to you about a blueprint. And now in my season, I happened to come across a very powerful account in 2 Samuel 12 after I committed to the healing process, and it was a game changer for me, and I hope that it is for you as well. In this deeply sorrowful, sorrowful account, King David has just lost the son his wife Bathsheba had given birth to. He lost the son um, because of the sins he had committed, both in having an affair with Bathsheba and then having her husband killed to cover up the scandal. So on top of having the weight of guilt from such devastating sin, he loses his child. And if um, you're a parent, you know that that's the most devastating thing that you could ever go through. Um, Most would say that, yeah, it's the hardest thing that a person could go through. Um, And that's what David was going through in this chapter. The loss of someone we love is hard to manage, whether that's through death, divorce, or breakup. Um, What David did after his child died is remarkable and truly an example for us in our healing process. Scripture shows us that the first thing David did was worship God. In fact, it's such a hard act to comprehend that David is questioned for doing it in, in the chapter. So why did he? Why did David worship God as soon as he heard that his son had died? Because David understood he couldn't change what happened, but he could choose how he responded. He could have given up on God. He could have thrown his hands up and said, I'm done. Um, because he had just gone through the hardest thing anyone could ever go through. But David knew that above all else, God was good no matter the season and that the focus must be on him, not on the circumstances. So as I poured over these words uh, in my season of grief, I asked myself an important question. If David could worship in his grief of losing a child, couldn't I worship at the ruins of a relationship? Shouldn't my appropriate response be to seek after God with all my heart, even out of the depths of my pain? So I did that. I worshiped and I found that as I did, the grief lifted and comfort abounded. As hard as it might be to be thankful, um, which I know that it can be when you're going through something very difficult, it's necessary. In fact, as soon as you're done uh, listening to this episode today, I hope that you'll, um, and if you need to go back to 1 Samuel 12, I encourage you to do that, but begin seeking God and worship the one who has saved you from an eternity of constant sorrow. Uh, there's, There's pain now, but there will be joy in the morning. 
Now, worship is key to the healing process because it takes the focus off of our situation and onto our faithful God. Once I began worshiping and focusing less on my grief, I was able to start implementing other things. In Romans 12, we see the attributes of a true Christian, and indeed they should be represented even in our grief. However, there are a few that are particularly helpful in such a season. Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, being constant in prayer. Those three consistencies in the storm will guide you through to the other side. Again, these aren't necessarily easy when you're struggling to get through the day. However, they are part of the healing process. More specifically, they provide the right perspective to see the end game. Rejoicing in hope means recognizing that Christ will return and we can celebrate an eternity with him. So even though it's rough now, it's only temporary compared to the everlasting state of our souls. As a result, we can be patient through the tribulation and above all, pray through it. You see, prayer changes things. My youth pastor used to say that the battle is won in prayer. So if the battle for your healing rests in the consistency of your prayers, pray often. Go forth today with the commitment to be grateful for your eternal destination, patience to see the storm through, and constant in your prayers. Now, for the final stretch of our journey to proper healing, it it will require perseverance, and I want to talk about that for a second. Hebrews 10 verses 35 through 36, they are my absolute favorite verses in the whole Bible, and they say this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Healing came slow those long months, and I know that isn't the most encouraging thing to hear, uh, but things did change when I committed to the healing process God's way instead of shortcutting my way out. It will take time, but that's where the message of Hebrews 10 steps in for encouragement. It sustained me through my challenging season then, and it does my challenging seasons now. Perseverance is a must-have on the journey to complete healing. It means getting out of bed in the morning, going to work, and making it through the day one day at a time. It means doing those things you don't feel like doing, like worship and prayer. Perseverance is trusting that God has a purpose for you and will be with you. If you can persevere through the grief and the pain, you'll come out on the other end with a great reward. You'll be more mature, abounding in faith, and better equipped to minister to others out of your own story. Furthermore, you will receive an eternal reward that can't be bought with the shortcuts of this world. I have never observed this more than in my own brother's life. Now, I'm going to talk about my brother, Zach, for a moment, and he's actually, um, I've done an episode with him early on, so go check that out. But Zach was in a very serious relationship with his high school sweetheart, and the week he was going to propose, they discovered she was pregnant weeks after their own failure. Now, within days, his girlfriend broke up with him, and Zach went into the hardest season of his life for months. Um, Zach heard nothing about his child and he missed his, his great love, this, this woman that he loved deeply. However, people began to notice a resilience and a faith in Zach that shouted the goodness of God. In fact, many were ministered to, including me, as a result of the fruit bearing in his life. Zach chose to persevere through his storm and seek proper healing. Thankfully, God restored that relationship and now they have a wonderful, happy family. As someone who pursued healing from this world, I can tell you that it doesn't work, okay? It just doesn't. And you might be thinking, uh, 
I don't know about that, Brittany. I, I think I might still try to give it my own way. No, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't work. Some things may mask the pain temporarily, but they will never allow you to heal. Only God can. And I hope you'll pursue the road less traveled for the only healing that will restore you. Make a commitment each day to pursue God's way of healing, which reaches the depths of your soul and replaces the pain with peace. So really quick, just to recap this journey that we've we've gone on, I want you to know that out of Jeremiah 30, we can see that healing is possible, but it's possible only when we commit the process to Christ. And I want you to go back to Hosea too and see that God is wooing you and he wants a personal relationship with you. And even though you might be in a valley of trouble, he's establishing a door of hope for you. And then I want you to remember David's story about how he went to a state of worship after losing his son. Worship is key to our healing process. And out of that, there's also very imp- three very important things that we must do through that season. And that comes out of um, Romans 12, and that's to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And finally, perseverance will be key to the process. Now, I just want to say one more time, proper healing cannot be bypassed. You cannot get around it. You cannot find a quick fix. Nothing in this world will truly heal you. It may provide temporary temporary belief, but it will always come back. The pain will always come back. So please don't bypass the healing like I tried to do. I wish I could go back and take back that month where I tried it on my own. But <clears throat> for me, I, I had to go through that to figure out what proper healing did look like. And now I'm getting to share it with you today in the hopes that you don't go down that path. But proper healing requires commitment and perseverance. Uh, So I hope for those who are aching and struggling to find healing, this episode has been helpful. If I could leave you with this one thing from everything I've said, it's this. Don't try to bypass proper healing, but face it and entrust it to the Lord. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is something that is ministering to you or you think others might find interesting, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people who might need to hear these stories of redemption. I'll be taking the next few weeks off for Christmas, uh, which I hope that you will too, and I hope you enjoy your Christmas season. Uh, um, And just on a side note, I am doing a Advent series right now at BrittanyRest.com. So if you're looking to prepare your heart for this season and not get lost in all the things uh, that is Christmas, I encourage you to go check that out. But tune in again in January for um, more powerful stories of redemption. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.BrittanyRest.com. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next time.